0: All right, and we're live. Uh, welcome to the Eagle Mount Church Podcast. I'm Jeff. I'm the youth pastor, youth and adult pastor, whatever you want to call it here at the church. I'm here with uh, Brendan Jenkins and Jayden O'Connor. Hello. Hey. Say hi. Hey. What's up? <laughs> uh, we're down here in the youth basement. And uh, normally, or, or up to this point, uh, the church podcast has generally just been uh, our Sunday morning messages. But uh, what we want to do is to begin to release some short messages. Um, short timeline content that might be helpful specifically to children and youth parents. Um, just, it's a really hard world to navigate even Mm. for like guys like us who are, uh, really engulfed in the world of what teenagers are are doing. Like we're trying to keep up to date, but if you're not, if you don't have time to be on Google and looking and stuff like that, it's going to be really, really difficult, um, to, to know what's going on. Like it's, it's constantly changing. Uh, so we want to throw out just 20 to 30 minutes every, we're not sure how often it's going to be yet, but hopefully at least a couple times a month, uh, whether it's in depth like what we're going to get into today or just picking a topic just to keep people informed uh, what they might, uh, what the kids might be doing more than anything. Um, so that's, that's really the point of this. So this week uh, on Sunday, or I guess at this point it will have been this past Sunday by the time we released this, uh, we had our 180 takeover. Uh, which is where we're t- the youth department is running a Sunday morning, uh, and we we're really highlighting a lot of stuff on what Gen Z is. So that's what this podcast is going to be. And basically, we have a lot of information. It might not always be this much of an information dump, but we have all this information we want to give to you. It's really important. We're going to be. If you're overwhelmed, uh, just you know, working out or wherever you're listening to this, uh, don't worry. We're going to have uh, resources available. Uh, for you to find outside of this as well, if you want to look at the notes as well. Uh, but there's gonna be a lot of information, but we're also gonna try and bring a little bit of perspective to what we've seen, uh, specifically just in even our own lives and then working with youth. Uh, so it's not just an information dump, if that makes sense. But uh, for those that don't know, uh, Gen Z is basically the current generation. That's who, who if your kids are uh, under, or were born after 1999, uh, which sounds to me like not that long ago. But what year were you guys born?
1: We were born in 96. Okay, so, so then I like was... Some studies say that we're Gen Z, but we're kind of on the in the middle of just switching over from millennial to Gen Z. So And then I have this both.
0: weird thing where I'm ca- a millennial, technically, but I yeah. also am not... Like, I also really get mad at millennials because <laughs> I'm one of the older... I'm this weird part of, the, of millennials that is... Uh, The group that remembers before the internet. So, like, I do remember when we didn't have cell phones and we didn't have internet. That was so. There's lots of people like only like three or four years younger than me who wouldn't have been cognizant or even have any memories of before the internet. Like, I remember. Did you guys ever have dial-up internet? No. No. It was incredibly frustrating. Be like. (laughs) You'd be on the internet, and if anyone even picked up the phone, not only would they get this, like, and and it was loud, like, it was set to to 11, yeah, like, so so loud in your ear, and uh, then, but it wouldn't just, like, scare the person who picked it up, it would actually disconnect you from the internet, and then you had to go back, and, like, loading up your internet was terrible, and there's probably some people listening to this who... Remember that as well, um, the early days of the internet and MSN Messenger was like <laughs> yeah. mind well, blowing.
1: I had that as a kid for some reason. I think my grandma was on it.
0: <laughs> it's funny, my <laughs> and grandma. I had some MSN friends. MSN started off as like how you connect with your grandma, and then everybody right. was like, "Wait, all my friends are on here too." Yeah. And then next thing you knew, it was the the way <clears throat> the way to get. Um, yeah, my voice just cracked. For anybody <laughs> that's Speaking listening. Of, Speaking of of being prepubescent. <laughs> um, <clears throat> It's allergies, man. It's just so bad out there right now. It's trying to be relevant. I'm trying trying to to normalize with teenagers by pretending that I'm going through puberty again. (laughs) (laughs) By having fake voice cracks. I wonder if they'll catch on. Um, yeah, MSN was, like, super popular, and then it's funny that that's dead now. Yeah. And it's funny that I remember when I was a kid, I always thought MSN will never die, and then I thought Facebook will never die, and, and news this might be information for people that are listening, but Facebook, like, is super lame. <laughs> at least, I think it's lame. I'm only yeah. on there because of teenagers. I don't know about you guys. And teenagers aren't really on it at all. now. No. But yeah. why would you? Because your parents are on there. Yeah. Your grandma's on there. That's not sweet at all. It's you gotta look you at know, it like Farmville was pretty cool back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> Farmville well, that's what got me on Facebook. <laughs> that, that was like two thousand and that like eight. That was like
1: yeah, like it must have been when I was like twelve to fourteen and like just getting tell, on tell Facebook. Them, tell them what Farmville was. You know what if Farmville you... is, it's just like Facebook would have these sort of apps that were games, and then you could, um, you just. It was just a, like a an nap, and you would run a farm, and then like invite your friends. I don't even remember what the point, but yeah, there was all these countless th- hours on making
0: this digital farm. When I my first couple of times, so stupid. the words you just said, we spent countless digital hours farm. these countless hours making how like, angry were... the
1: generations of thousands of years of farmers that have to come before our last <laughs> fifty years of people just rolled over in their graves. That's what I was about to say, how angry,
0: <laughs> how angry, we were real farmers that we. were... <laughs> <laughs> that we cared so much about our digital, digital. crops and we didn't yeah. care at all about whether and, or not it rains or not.
1: There would be people like, hey, I'm going to be away from the internet for like a week. Like, can you take care of my farm? Like, none of, I don't remember, yeah, like, I remember that, but I remember that being like people, discussed. People, it was a big deal. It was ridiculous. And yeah. that's what Facebook was. And, you know. Well,
0: <laughs> even before that, I remember in 2008, there was a, uh, there was an app called Scrabblicious. <laughs>
1: I don't know that. Like,
0: what a dumb name! Yeah. And But we all we'd be sitting in our in our classes in college playing scrabble Scrabbleish. It was just Scrabble, and then Scrabble or whatever Hasbro, whatever company owns Scrabble, right. sued Facebook because it was <laughs> like a blatant like theft of copyright. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Facebook is dead, dying. dying Even at least. Snapchat is dying. Like, yeah. Like basically the the lifeline of things, it, and that's what we're going to talk about is is how quickly things move. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe you remember like growing up we always knew that the eighties or the sixties was hippies. The seventies was disco kind of maybe a little bit of like classic rock, eighties is hair rock. Disco. The eighties yeah. was gross. <laughs> That's really what I, I <laughs> got 90s, was, 90s was boys and nineties was weird yeah. <laughs> and like uncomfortable. Uh two thousands was the best. Sure.
2: Oh, yeah, 2000s pop punk was well, everything. Not what I'm into.
0: Mean and then we got yeah, into beautiful. like, the... the still a little... It. Like, yeah, it's still the best. Still so good. Um, the uh, the, uh, the t- early 2010s was when, like, all the hipster banjo stuff came up. But you, you can think of, like, trends for everything, right? Like, yeah. look at the hair, look at the clothes. But right now, in the last seven, eight... Basically, since social media and the internet really mm-hmm. became the, the driving force of, of culture is when it went from uh, being able to be defined to kind of like it moves so quickly. Information isn't dictated by when a magazine or a newspaper comes out. Uh, it's like a trend can change in a week. So like for those that yeah. don't know, a meme is is uh, it's really hard to explain <laughs> verbally, but it's just like bizarre jokes, like well, bizarre humor shared by a video or picture.
1: started out by just like a picture with a caption on it, and that was like the
0: beginning of memes. Is like, oh, that
1: is funny because you're explaining some dumb situation that shows in that picture like it's just something dumb but now it's like it's any become media. any form of video or image that can't like sometimes doesn't even have like a really no. defined it's, if it's humor so, to it.
0: if it's so irrational and so illogical mm-hmm. that it makes you laugh it's and it's media it's a meme yeah which I can understand why parents would have a really hard time understanding what they're like connecting with their kids because Sometimes I look at what I'm laughing. I'm like, I can't explain why this is funny. And I'm 28, <laughs> like, but it is funny. But, uh, the lifeline of a meme is like a week. Yeah. Like something that is the most popular thing. Everybody shares it seven days later, it's dead. And if you share it, you're a loser. <laughs> like that's actually how quickly trends move. So, uh, one of the things that, uh, in, in my studying and, and, in, uh, some of these different resources studying uh, and specifically, the meat generations uh, Z or Z or whatever you want to call it yeah. uh, was that this is the last definable generation. It's going to be like there will be no more gen, there, there will be Gen Z, and that's it because we won't have enough traits that we can track because it will move so fast that we can't like mm-hmm. pick it out. So, why don't we get into a little bit of information about that? Um, basically, so here's the previous generations there's the traditional, uh, traditionals or traditionalists. I don't know if that's what the actual term is, but there are not a lot of them around anymore. Those are like people who survived the war. Yeah. So that's, that's real. But the, the main ones that we'll know is the baby boomers who were born in 1945 to 1964. And there's Gen X and that was like a, I think 15 year small period. Um, and they were born between 1965 and 80. The millennials is, it, this where it gets a little bit more fluid, but the millennials are 1981 to 98. Although like we said, there's some, we, we are all millennials, but there's mm-hmm. some blending in. And I think we'll find more and more as we look at this information that what's shape, shape, uh, shaping Gen Z uh, will actually shape a lot of it, like bleed into everything else as well. Um, Gen Z is 1999 to present. And here's an interesting fact is that right now, Gen Z is already over 27% of North America. Yeah, They're still pretty young, but that's a massive amount of them. It's not like not like the last generation wasn't having kids like gen xers were having kids and that's where a lot of them come from um so this is a group that's going to largely shape the culture of our world yeah. over the mm-hmm. next because they're turning 19 18 now technically and without even getting into those that are kind of niche, it's that's bled into mm-hmm. in the next 10 years this is going to shape a lot of our poly social systems and and everything it's going to be a big deal um so when we get into a little bit of facts, we'll, we'll go through one at a time and, and then we can kind of talk about it. The first fact is this, uh, they're screenagers and so they're more connected, but also more isolated than ever. Uh, they're, je- they're said to spend a minimum and this is, I want to stress that a minimum of four hours a day on their phone or tablet or this, and that doesn't even include like video games. This is like that's some nice. sort of connected, um, another fact that's, this is something we'll probably talk about here as well as. They're twice as likely to say that they're lonely than other adults. Yeah. And that's not just because it's like adults. That would be the older ones as well. Yeah. And like,
1: you think it like, I don't know, we think it's like, because social media has this kind of false identity of being connected and like having friends and people that care about you, but it's so shallow that like nothing really holds up, right? Like adults, maybe they, I don't know, maybe Gen Z is just like. They can't enter into that deep friendships that actually make them feel like they're a part of something.
0: And they're growing up with that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. It's, I think some of it is that they don't even know how. Yeah. So I guess my question to you guys would be, and maybe we don't always have the answers on these, but it's a good question to ask,
1: because
0: I think a lot of parents will see this as, well, then we need to limit their screen time or like maybe not let them have screens at all. What are your thoughts on that? Like, what, what would your recommendation to a parent be based off of that?
2: I think if you try to get rid of screen time, you're fighting a losing battle. So much of how these students are getting information, connecting with their friends, even a lot of school now is online and done through screen time. That limiting screen time isn't going to fix the problem as much as choosing good screen time, I think, is the better choice of so finding things that are... Um, engaging and there's so much coming out now that is built towards these screenagers where it has um, a lot of really good information and resources and things that can actually help them so i think that if you try to limit it it might not be nearly as effective as just helping them find the right avenues to kind of follow on their phones
1: Yeah. yeah i think i don't know like the thing is, this generation is changing so fast that we really don't know what works. Hmm. Um, so
0: As soon as it does work, it doesn't anymore. Exactly. Immediately.
1: But I th- I think that the... Um, like we were reading in the Meet Generation Z book that uh, the parents of Gen Z are really hands-off parents because they're scared of being helicopter parents. So I think that a lot of w- issues that might arise are f- from them being able to do whatever they want. And I, I don't know. I tend to think that... Um, like, yeah, like Jane said, I don't think you can take it away because it's technology is so part of life now that it's, that doesn't really work. And I think it should be a balance of limiting and finding positive ways. Like, I think you need to watch how they use social media because cyberbullying is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um pornography is everywhere on the internet if you're not it's safe
0: sh- it's basically the largest sh- shaper of the culture for teenagers today yeah pornography and if you're if boys you're not, and girls christian and non-christian absolutely it's everywhere and if you're not careful your kid
1: will find it you no know, like no matter the average
0: what. the average age of of uh first access to it or yeah. first exposure is i believe seven and a half or eight right now yeah and that's like most parents will be like oh not my kid no. Bad news. It's probably your kid. Yeah. No one wants to put their kid in that stat, but stats are there, not to exempt your kid.
1: Absolutely. And um, so I think you just need to be, even if you're scared of like, oh, what if my kid doesn't like me because I put these rules? Like that's <laughs> I don't think that's a that's not a reason for you to not do the Bad
0: news. At some point, your kid's not gonna like. Yeah, you. it has
1: to happen, and they'll probably thank you down the road if you help them in a healthy way to actually like give them reasons. I I always think that when I'm a parent, I'm never going to be like, this is what we're doing because I said so. Mm -hmm. Everything needs to be for a purpose of, no, we're going to maybe, you're not going to have your phone or technology in your room when you're alone because of porn or because cyberbullying. Cyberbullying, or I want you to sleep at night and develop healthy things or when you're with your friends, uh, stay off your phone at a dinner table develop some
0: healthy healthy uh, social patterns.
1: And yeah, it's uncomfortable. Like even now I find it so so easy to just pull out my phone and feel comfortable in a space when there's like no one's talking. And <laughs> Do I you remember I going to awkward. doctors
0: offices before like you had to wait in the waiting room <laughs> at any <laughs> waiting room without the a phone dentist or something. The de- was the oh. worst because you could hear the people getting their teeth drilled and you couldn't focus and you feel on it Facebook. Coming.
2: Yeah. And there was nothing to distract you except yeah. for yeah. some yeah. Old Martha Stewart magazine that was at least four years old. I have read out-game. so many
0: like <laughs> 10 year old McLean's magazines. Oh absolutely. <laughs> a weird National Geographic like... and then <laughs>
2: <laughs> Before you could Snapchat the funny picture to your friends You're you just, just like... had to had try to, to memorize to it. it and explain it. <laughs> and
0: then it wasn't as funny. No. <laughs> um,
1: yeah I think you need to every parent I think should develop healthy ways that they can involve technology because it's still definitely going to be a part of your kid's life but mm-hmm keep it safe, keep it so that they can develop like good social habits, good uh, ways to interact with people. Like They're going to feel uncomfortable and you're going to need to be okay with that in a lot of situations of life.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think something to know is the biggest fear I think with anything in parenting is, is knee-jerk reactions. Uh, so for example, um, if you're just like, oh, there's all these issues of cyberbullying, well, my kid's not allowed to have a phone ever. Well, then they're yeah. going to be a social outcast, and they're going to get bullied for being weird. You kind of, it's, yeah. it's a double-sided sword with that. Um, the best way I can explain social media technology, and the only screen avenues, is that it's kind of like a brick. I heard this explained before about social media, that it's a brick, and a brick inherently isn't wrong or bad. A brick can be used to build beautiful structures or art or whatever, but it also could be used to throw through someone's window or smash a car or hurt somebody with, and it's, there's nothing, it's just in the hands of who who you give it to that it becomes, uh, dangerous or not. Yeah. So you need to be involved, um, with your kids. If you're not engaged on some level, then you're never gonna, you're never gonna be able to speak into those areas or understand those areas. So, um, I know for me, I probably spend more than four hours a day on the phone. Yeah. Like.
1: Honestly, whether it's
0: like work sometimes or just whatever. Or if you include work, (laughs) i like 14 hours a day. I probably spend four hours a day just like trying to fall asleep, but actually being on my phone. Like just trying to refresh my Instagram to see if somebody posted something.
1: Even like, I have a hard time, like I, I love watching movies, but I have a hard time. That, like, I'm so, oh, yeah I just feel like I always need to be doing something on my phone or I'm just geared toward multitasking. Mm-hmm. That if I just sit down by myself to watch a movie or a show, I pull up my phone and start going on Instagram at the same time. Like, it's just a w- weird kind of like, I don't know whether that's just, I feel like I should be doing more than one thing at a time. Or if it's just that addiction to social media. I
0: don't even like, like watching a movie with Sage anymore because she'll play Candy Crush the entire time. And she's, like, following along, but it just yeah. drives me crazy. Yeah. But, like, that's... And I do the same thing now, though. Uh-huh. i missed... I've been watching a show on Netflix, and here I'm, like, on Amazon looking at what type of, like, camping gear I could <sighs> potentially buy one day. Yeah. And I missed, like, some major plot points in this series, right? So it's just... It's it's bleeding into other areas, and I think that stats show, too, that it's going into not just people our age, but into people in their 40s and even into boomers as well. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to the next, next point that we have. We have five here. Uh, <laughs> the next one is that they're extremely diverse. This one probably won't be a shock for anybody. Uh, it's a couple quick s- stats. Uh, 12% of Gen Z describe their sexuality as something other than heterosexual, and this is even higher than millennials. Millennials are kind of always known as the, yeah. the more liberal side socially. This is significantly higher. 33% say gender is how a person feels, not birth sex, and 12% don't know how to answer which is 12%, if you ask them, they don't even have comprehension of that. It's confusing for them. 45% are not in favor of traditional sexuality. Uh, They're accepting and they're celebratory of differences. This can actually be really cool. This is valuable. Um, But here's where it can become a little bit scary and dangerous for what we're talking about. And that's where they say that they feel acceptance can be interchangeable with affirmation. So they don't feel affirmed unless what they're doing is 100% accepted.
1: Yeah. So really this just, it
0: puts the church in some hard situations to deal with. Right. Because and we can't affirm everything. With, any, any organization that has a set of beliefs and values that are like important yeah. are going to not always accept the actions. Yeah. And then if you don't see that as affirmation or love, then you have conflict.
2: I would say it even goes deeper than the church. This affects parenting in a huge way mm-hmm. of being able to accept your child, but not affirm what they're doing. Like if your kid is eating dirt, obviously you still accept your child and love them, but you're I not wouldn't. going to affirm what <laughs> they're <laughs> doing.
0: It's up for adoption immediately. <laughs> in the doghouse. Get now. that dirt out your mouth, kid or else you're going <laughs> <laughs> you're sleeping outside tonight.
2: Aside from Jeff's bad parenting, I mean, acceptance and affirmation are very different and that's, scary for the church, but I think it's equally scary for parents to try to figure out how to navigate through that of Mm -hmm. parenting and accepting your child for who they are. But at the same time, you can't affirm bad behaviors from your children. And that stat is kind of terrifying.
0: Well, and it's even scary now, um, just even in high schools and stuff like that, the, the amount of pushing of this stuff that is is put forward and, and basically yeah. if you're if you you're not even allowed to believe it's not even about speaking out against it but you're not even allowed to believe that there's uh, anything inherently wrong or or even just have a difference of opinion with some of these behaviors or, or lifestyles um, without being told that you're you're basically a terrorist and a hateful no like, bigot is the, the yeah. term right so um, I even talked to a kid for who goes to our youth group who's not a Christian doesn't go to church and I said oh no it was, uh, it was at the gym actually and okay. uh, the guy who works at the gym was asking he's like is there a lot of like pro like LGBTQ stuff he's like yeah they push it really hard and he's like I'm not against it I'm not religious but like I have uh, you know I just it kind of weirds me out just that they push it so hard on us like it isn't even an issue for me um, but every kid is going through that where they have this inherent pressure to, to not only believe in something but to celebrate it or else yeah. you are a social outcast so you're creating this this Culture where, if you have a different belief or feeling, even just naturally than what the schools and the culture is saying is is good, yeah. you're actually in a way being bullied, um, or you're you're basically being outcast by that. So it's it's almost a contradictory way of living where you're saying to these kids, uh, you need to not be unaccepting of these people or else we will kind of shun you. Yeah. Um, and I understand there's there's reasons for that. There's been some horrible examples of of hate. And even the church, um, not necessarily our Eagle Mock church or, or any church in Edmonton, but just church in general around North America, there's been, especially in the media, some bad examples of churches not dealing with this well or being loving and it needs to be a balance. But I think that for a lot of kids, and we'll get to this in a little bit, they don't really have a biblical understanding or an understanding of what church believes. So they see church through what they see in the media and it just doesn't connect to their worldview. So, but yeah, lots of crazy stats here, just like 45%, so almost half of these students are not in favor of a traditional sex, tradi- traditional sexuality, excuse me. Um, and that's crazy. Yeah. So. Like,
1: that's such a weird shift that's happened so quick. That's like just weird for us as younger people to, Even like, for us, yeah. to grasp that. It's just such a high percentage that I think like... What- would have said any of this stuff 20 years ago like it's a different world when i was in high
0: school i think we had one or two gay lgbtq people mm. that i were publicly living that way yep. and we knew who they were now it's completely different right um so it's just a, a cultural shift in so many ways And you can see that when you watch tv or media any okay. any tv show there's there's a huge uh change in that as well uh, let's keep it moving here. We have uh, the next one's really, really important. This is really interesting. They're very career driven where millennials are always kind of shun- not shunned or pinned down as, as the group that's, you know, kind of passive and lazy. Or Boop. just
1: wants to take a year off to find myself. That was really big. <laughs> yeah. I was a year off to, to travel. It's
0: like, and yeah. it's like you went to Bentley, Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> traveling, and you worked I, in I Port- went to Mundare and, t- <laughs> <laughs> and found myself. I, with I found some sausage. <laughs> I found some sausage and I worked at Fort McMurray for six months before I got fired. Yeah, that was a What fine. a journey. That was what I found myself. It was a spiritual awakening for me up in Fort McMurray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But that's that's very true, right? Like, yeah. we're kind of known as the, like, the uh, granola generation of just being lazy. And these ones are completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 66% plan on finishing education and starting a career by 30, which is, like, way more than has been with millennials in the past. 43% say identity is defined by career ideas and educational achievement. Uh, There's a massive desire to make a difference. So this is where social justice Mm -hmm. comes in. And that is a connection, I think, started with millennials. Like, that is a big driving force. But these kids um, are huge uh, for this. Uh, The Barna group, which will... uh, Barna, B-A-R-N-A... Is uh, a website you can check out Even if you just Google Barna uh, With lots of information They did a study And they, they uh, pulled a whole bunch of Gen Z students They said this line It was my blank is very important to my sense of self And uh, they didn't have to choose just one But uh, they had to kind of check off If the one of the following items Would fall into something that is very important To their sense of self And the highest rated one was professional and educational Uh achievement which was 43 percent so that was massive uh hobbies was at 42 percent so that was that was number two number three was gender and sexuality at 37 uh groups of friends was 35 percent and this is the interesting one a tide for number five and six was family and religion with 34 percent and the crazy part about this is all the previous generations had family at number one and all except millennials and now gen z had religion as at least number two yeah so the, the move from uh, professional and educational achievement to one and completely bumping family, let alone religion, out yeah. of the top like five or four at all, is shows the astronomic shift mm-hmm. between uh, generations in a very, very small amount of time. And for us as pastors, that's a scary thing, and that's yeah. something to be aware of. Um, but as parents, I think that's huge too, to know that just the culture that your kids are growing up in is much less family and religion orientated than even you might realize, even though I think there is obviously an understanding that that exists, right? Yep. And would you guys have seen any of this?
1: Uh, I can, You can definitely see the, um, the shift of like, less people being religious or wanting to affiliate with religion or just saying, you know, I believe in evolution and that's that. And then never really take a second look into it. Um, but the, the family thing is just, that, that's weird to me. Like I...
2: That I see quite often, especially um, as a woman and with all these kind of younger girls who the desire to have children and to be married and that whole oh. idea of motherhood is no longer something that's super valued. They would much rather have their own career and kind of mm. do their own thing. And the number of women I've heard in the past few years who say that they have no interest in ever having kids um, is astronomically higher than I have ever seen. Like I hear it so often now, especially with kids who are um, like high school age students who just have no interest in ever starting their own families.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's really interesting to see.
0: So a few more qu- quick stats. They were shown pictures, five different pictures, and they were supposed to pick which one they thought happiness uh, most looked like. They are shown uh, a picture of money, And it was said success, and 43% chose that at number one. This is where it's interesting. uh, A picture that represented family was 20%. So they still find happiness in family, but it's not a priority. Education was 20%. Spirituality was only 8%. And a picture of health was only 6% as well. So it's just interesting to see. uh, Something to be aware of with all this. And One of the reasons that they think this is one that they've also, just through talking to the students... A lot of the driving factors of this is all these students have uh, been born post 9-11. 9-11 was a major event that shaped the culture surrounding their, especially first five years upbringing. So there's always been the words terrorism and um, roadside bombs and stuff like that have always been a part of their lives. War, they would have grown up with different wars or like would have grown up um, in an influential age knowing about like even just the, the Iraq war and Afghanistan. Uh, And then another big one was they uh, were a part, like a lot of them became cognizant of the world around them right around the 2008 financial crisis with the housing uh, and auto market crashing. So they've been growing up with their parents like freaking out about money. Whether they, you know, kids pick up on that stuff. Uh, They know money's tight. Um, And so they've grown up with that. So they think that's a lot of what has shaped their drive for success and money. They don't want to be, we all grow up not wanting to be like our parents, right? So they see our parents, they saw their parents' financial um, the stress and they want to prevent that.
1: Hmm.
0: Right. And then the next generation or their kids will grow up and see how they didn't value family probably. And then they will be super family orientated, but that's just kind of how it goes. It's a pendulum swing. But I, I found that really, really interesting. Um, we're going to, to look at this, this is the big one. They're post Christian, 100% post Christian, like 34% lean towards uh, atheist agnostic or what's known as none. So if you had to say, what religion are you like? they pick, there'd be a list and they pick none. Like, yep. there's nothing there. Uh, 4% have a biblical-based worldview. That's crazy. Hmm. Uh, basically, they're a spiritual blank slate. Like, they have no understanding of that. And uh, this means that as a church and as Christians, we no longer have the upper hand in culture. Which I don't think I, I've really felt that we have for mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. But I think that for boomers and, and maybe some Gen X, some older people, who grew up with that, they're having a hard time accepting that. Yeah, um, Christianity does not drive Canada. Not at all. No, yeah, not even close. But the interesting thing about these kids is that they uh, they don't, for every other generation, if you added someone who's a non-Christian, the chances are they grew up going to some sort of church, whether it was Catholic mass or whether it was like a church camp or their parents gave them some sort of biblical basis. There's a yeah. few that don't. These kids literally have no concept of it. Like, it's not like they've rejected it either. But that's what, where there's opportunities here, uh, for at least in reaching unchurched people, yeah. is that yeah. they haven't rejected Jesus. They have no clue who he is. It's, it's this, like, bizarre idea. It's this idea that, okay, spirituality, who is this? Like, I know Jesus is a swear word if yeah. he's in, in this context. I know there's churches. I know there's these buildings. But they don't have any concept of it. Yeah. And that's the world that kids, Christian kids are growing up in. Yeah. So not only is their belief systems challenged, no one understands them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be very isolating as well, I think. So, um, you know, what, for that, for that, uh, for this week, I think we're going to split this one up into two. Yeah. Uh, that's it's a, good a lot of information. Uh, we're, I think we'll talk a little bit more about the church's response to that uh, when we release uh, part two next week. Um, is there anything that you guys want to close off with thoughts?
2: Just not to let this scare you. These sound like terrifying facts and it just seems like a whole bunch of bad news. But the reality is, is that every generation has faced this to an extent, maybe not as high as this one or as fast as this one has come up. But the reality is, is that we always have to be looking for ways to reach this next generation. And it's not like they're, um, like a, like a, Hopeless cause or anything like that, they still have so much that we can do to reach them. Uh, It just means that we have to be willing to move a little faster. So rather than let this be a discouragement of, oh my goodness, my kids are going to grow up to be like homeless, wandering gypsies or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't know how we got here. I don't know. (laughs) They really like careers. So I mean, I guess maybe they'll all be doctors, which would be sweet actually. But um, don't let this be a discouragement of, yeah, just letting this be, like, kind of that hopeless, scary, dark place. There is so much that we can do. And just having a good understanding of what these kids need and how they think um, is going to help you in everything of being able to reach this generation, being able to understand your kids a little better, understanding the world and the culture change and yeah. everything like that.
1: So I think it really just needs to be a call to action. Just, like, having an awareness of uh, what's going on and how different this is. And, like... um. I guess we said like the parents of Generation Z are largely known as like hands off parents, and I think that might be where some, especially when like the Christian parents might develop some issues um, if you're, you know, really not looking after your kids you're scared that they're not gonna like you or whatever. Um, yeah, like the awareness of how different and awareness of the culture that your kids are growing up in, I think needs to call you to action and change and and really you know the church can't raise your kids for you right um you need to be there yeah i don't want to raise your kids yeah we have too many (laughs) there's too
0: many (laughs) that's uh no that's good um yeah i would i would i would mirror all those things it's it's not hopeless Mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of work but i think no parent would be shocked we don't have kids but like i think it's easy to see that parenting is a lot of work um and honestly, that's just to know that there are good resources. And that's where we come in. Um, you can, if anybody has any questions, feel free to uh, email the church. Or you can email me at jeff at eaglemontchurch.ca or jaden or brennan at, uh, at eaglemontchurch.ca. Um, and if you have questions, we have lots of resources. But that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is um, we're not just... This one's a pretty like intense info dump. But we're going to probably pick some of these things and go through them as we're learning more, share them with you. Uh, might just pick a video game for a short conversation that yeah, an explanation what of what your about. kids are doing or how a new social media platform works. Or, uh, I just know for a lot of parents I've talked to in previous years that would have been really helpful as they uh, just can't find it on their own. It's easy to get confused and look kind of like a little, little bit foolish in front of your kids if you're asking them or their friends. Mm-hmm. But like I said, feel free to ask us. Uh, we're going to have part two coming out uh, fairly soon but make sure you subscribe to us on the ios uh, apple podcast app or on podbean if you're on uh your, if you're on a non-iOS device so android so if, i don't know if there's any i don't think that that doesn't cover anything or doesn't not cover anything oh yeah you can get podbean on whatever podbean can go on anything uh or you can we'll probably have this up on the website as well so like i said subscribe uh show it to your friends who have kids whether it's uh, a kid who's in elementary or junior high or high school. It's all really important. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so we'll talk to you next time.